The Big Scary Show is brought to you in part by Dark Imaginings. Web design, creepy changing portraits, and much, much more. DarkImaginings.com Welcome, boys and ghouls. It's time once again to kick open the old mausoleum door and see what climbs out. Clawing his way out of a fetid grave is Drew, a.k.a. Rabid Badger. Pull up a slab with Jim Millspaw in his award-winning role as the Professor of Torture, Meathook Jim. Jason Storm is here as fan-favorite, gothic commentator, Storm. Do you smell something burning? It must be Salem's favorite old crone, Jonna Summers. <laughs> now light a torch, grab your pitchfork, and make like a bunch of terrified villagers. You found another episode of The Big Scary Show! <laughs> Tonight, on a very special edition of The Big Scary Show. We're celebrating the month of October. It's our favorite time of year, and it hopefully is yours too. The temperatures are just starting to cool down. The leaves are beginning to change. We're seeing pumpkins being sold. Lots and lots of Halloween festivals and festivities are going on. And, of course, haunted houses. The members of The Big Scary Show are just giddy with anticipation at this, the most wonderful time of year. Storm is ranting in a haunt minute. Meat Hook Jim brings you another Between the Corpses. I'm going to be reading the deadline news as well as bringing you a gruesome giveaway for this month of October. The Old Crone has Ask the Old Crone back on the air. We're going to listen to that. Feister returns with part two of his retrospective of 20 years of home haunting. And we have some really spooky tunes to get you in that Halloween mood. The Roundtable of Terror is a little bittersweet this episode. We have three haunt owners that are all going to be shutting their haunts down after this season. We find out the reasons why, what's going on. What's their future going to be like? And what are they going to do when the last door is locked? It's a very interesting conversation. There may not be a dry eye in the house when you finish listening. But be sure to listen. All this and so much more here on episode 299 here on The Big Scary Show. creative genius of Roger Corman, who brought to the screen Edgar Allan Poe's most shocking horror tales, comes the ultimate in blood-chilling screen experiences, The Terror, starring the incomparable Boris Karloff. You think I'm mad, don't you? 
in the role he was born to play, the terror, bedeviled by his own mad, all-consuming passions. With my own hands, I killed her. The terror, his evil, mystic powers go beyond man's wildest imaginings. If he resists, kill him. American International presents The Terror, starring Boris Karloff, dean of all horror demons, in this, his most demanding terrorization. The Terror, a film group production in color and vestoscope. Looking to step up your costume? CFX products perform in every environment. Film, haunted attractions, stage shows, theme parks, cosplay, and good old-fashioned Halloween. Created for realism and comfort from the number one company leading the industry for over 16 years, a CFX silicone mask isn't finished until you put it on. Whatever your needs, CFX has you covered with silicone. And once you put it on, you too will agree that a CFX mask will be the most comfortable rubber you'll ever wear. Find your new face today at cfxmasks.com, cfxmasks.com. Hey, this is the Haunts Tremendous Jerry Vane for The Big Scary Show, and I am here at the Ritual Haunted Attraction in Inglewood, Colorado, and I am with Brittany, one of the owners. Brittany, this is night number two uh, for this for the 2023, God, what year is it now, season. Um, how's it going so far with just your second night? You know, I'd say it's going really well. Uh, it's always kind of rough at the start of the season because people are still kind of getting into the spirit and... Um, there's a lot of homecoming things happening right now, so a lot of the, the kids are out doing their homecoming. Uh, but for our second night open, I'd say we are already doing better than the start of last season, and uh, I'm really impressed with the amount of people that have come to see us. Now, my wife said that this used to be a restaurant? It was a country buffet. Oh, God. <laughs> and uh, so my husband David and I actually grew up here in Inglewood. And my wife did too. I ate numerous times. I was here often and if you would have told little girl me years ago that I would end up owning a business here I would have probably called you out as crazy but here we are and uh, it's kind of a running joke sometimes when we're eating food inside here we make jokes about eating at the country buffet uh, so it's well, it has also, I mean, down at the, you're in, a, you're in a strip mall here in Inglewood, and down at the other end of the strip mall is the Spirit Halloween. Yes, that's new this season. So that was, you know, and that's actually what caught our attention okay. uh, when we first uh, drove by here. Uh, my wife's mom lives in the area, yeah. and we uh, we stopped it there, and we looked over, and, and we saw, wait a minute, there's a haunted attraction here? Yeah. We saw your banner, yes. and we're like, whoa, okay. So that's why I reached out to you. It's like, okay. Gotta, you know, we have not been to any of the haunted attractions out here yet. It's just find one so close. It's like, yeah. okay, we gotta find out what's going on with this. Yeah. Now, you and I were talking prior to recording that you guys were originally in uh, a different location. That's correct. So in 2019, we were in uh, a location over off of Chatfield and Kipling. That's in Littleton. Uh, yep, in Littleton. And we were, were kind of struggling. It was a really rough winter. Uh, we had a lot of snow that fall. I guess it was fall. Uh, a lot of snow, a lot of cold weather, not a lot of people wanting to go stand in a line. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of a rough 
situation, but we we pulled through, and uh, it was a one-season deal at that location, and we knew we were going to be moving places after that season, but uh, we didn't predict COVID. No, that, so, that was kind of unpredictable. Yes, so then we were kind of shut down for two years, and we just couldn't find a place to let us open, and so last season, we called just about everywhere we could find, and these guys let us in. And they let us stay for a second season, and we're hoping they let us stay for a few seasons. Well, that, that would be great. I mean, yeah. I know that, you know, COVID really messed with a lot of uh, businesses trying to stay open and everything. And uh, it's good to see, you know, after that, you know, having something, you know, you know, being able to reopen. Because so many businesses, even that were around for years, just unfortunately never got the chance to reopen. You know, we just, we worked really hard to get this business open, and it's our dream. David and I have been together since we were teenagers. I was 15, he was 16 when we started dating. We went to Eagle High School. Uh, 22 years now we've been together, and it's just something that we've been wanting to do for a really long time. Mm-hmm. When you work that hard for your dream to come true, mm-hmm. you're not going to let something like COVID bring you down. You no. know. And I knew COVID wouldn't last forever. So we just kept talking about it and planning it throughout the time and deciding, you know, well, what did we do before that maybe we could do better this next time when we can mm-hmm. open? And we just kept the planning process moving as though we were going to open. Mm-hmm. And we just kept moving forward. So when we finally found a location to let us in, we just got in and we brought our people in and we just went to town. So um, tell me a little about about the haunt. Um, obviously, this is a, a former restaurant. How much work did you have to go through to gut? this place we actually didn't so after country buffet it was actually a place called dart wars which is a nerf gun place okay yeah so they uh they kind of gutted it for us which it was kind of interesting when we came in when we toured before setting it up um they had kind of made it into two separate rooms in the Mm -hmm. building because they had different arenas for their nerf gun wars okay and i actually played nerf wars here with my older sons okay we came here a couple times and shot each other up with nerf guns thing about it was trying to figure out how we were going to maneuver a haunt where we have to transition from one room into the next mm-hmm. and that's really where the creativity of my husband comes into mind he's the mastermind behind the decor the mastermind sounds yes. quite evil <laughs> <laughs> behind the decor behind the the layout everything he builds it i run it it's a perfect there you go how many actors do you got working in there we do a minimum of 15 every night okay. inside as actors. Then we have our ticket booth at people and our frontline workers. Mm-hmm. Uh, right now, I think I have 18 actors in there. Nice. Yeah, so we, we tend to overstaff just because things happen and you mm-hmm. know, bathroom breaks are needed. So <laughs> uh, even with monsters, so we right. we overstaff a little bit and, and that gives them the ability to take some breaks and and also not have to go you know all night long some extra energy and, right right uh, but yeah we we usually have quite a few in there we've added two, two new parts this season okay how, so how many rooms do you got in there Ooh. uh that's a or good question scenes. i just like scenes how many scenes uh see <laughs> well you know you've got the transitions in mm-hmm. there and then uh, you'll you'll come face to face with the butcher 
And then you're going to see the ritual room. Now, was that the gentleman we saw walking around just a minute ago? No, that is that is our front door guy. He's, okay. He's right up front. He's the first he, one He's to a charming fellow. He's literally our main man. He's, a, he, he's yes. you know, I mean, he has a glowing complexion. <laughs> And uh, such clean your skin. I mean, um, he, he really, all he really asks for is that you leave your soul at the door so he can have it and keep it. Otherwise, you know, it's really all he needs. I'm a musician. You. I don't have one. So there you go. <laughs> what are you going to do? Well, I played yeah, in so, Hollywood. I gave it away then. Yeah, there you go. My dad, my dad was in a, a band too. He played the electric guitar. So. The electric guitar compared to the non-electric guitar, <laughs> but that used... You know, animal guts and strings. They actually that actually exists. Oh well, <laughs> learn something new every day. That, right. So, um, so uh, is every you know? Do you rely mostly on actors? Do you have you know static props versus animatronics? We like to do a healthy balance okay. of uh, jump scares and actors, but we nice. are a little bit more old school, and we tend to add a little bit more actors into it than the animatronics. As it should be. We've been in the business a really long time. Something I didn't add in there was that my husband actually built and ran haunted houses with another family prior to this. Oh, uh, I we can, can you say the names of these haunts? Yeah, yeah, they're great people. They just don't do them anymore. Okay. Uh, so it was uh, 13th Door, Slaughterhouse Gulch, Carnival. Carnival's where it started for us. I recognize those uh, names. Yeah, Carnival's really where it started. David, we were 18 years old. He wanted to work for a haunted house. So about house. three years ago. <laughs> sure. We'll sure, go. we'll go with that. We'll go with that one. Uh, Sly Takayu. <laughs> And, you know, we were like, well, there's not a lot of responsibility right now. We're 18. We just graduated high school. I was oh, like, God. if you want to do it, go do it now. There you go. You know, before we have responsibilities and a bunch of bills to pay. So he got into it. He worked with them for like 14 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they retired. They shut their haunts down. And it took us about five years to okay. create our own. Uh, but that's kind of where we started. All and, right. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm really excited for you guys. I mean... Given in the last several years and how you know unpredictable everything is, to see "quote unquote" a brand new haunt, yeah. you know, open and you know, again, your second night, you doubled what already in two hours what you did last night. Great. That's great. Yeah. I, so I'm really excited to, for you guys and you know, being locals out here now, you know, seeing uh, seeing uh, you know how, how this grows over the next few seasons. Yeah, we're but, excited too. We would like to expand. Mm-hmm. We would like to find a place big enough to do two haunts in the same location, different themes. And a, a um, permanent location that you guys control. Yeah, and, and we, have, nice. we have our next one planned. It's just about nice. you know, g- getting it set up, and it, it takes a minute to get it done. So. All right. All right, well, I'm going to let you get back to what you were doing, um, and, but thank you so much for taking yeah, time to talk to the Big Scary Show. Uh, this is the Haunts from List, and I am out. Hi, my name is Brandy, and I am with the Expelled Haunted House, and you are listening to the Big Scary Show. Midnight Syndicate with Destiny Beard. Endgame, Cold Embrace. Picked by Destiny Beard on the Big Scary Show.
broadcasting to you from the darkest reaches of the earth. This is a Haunt Minute. And now, with this week's commentary, Storm. Alright, so things are getting weird out there. And it's mainly that, you know, our industry, Halloween and pulling attractions, have gotten so big that other people are trying to get in the game and think they know what the industry is about and what we need to do with it. Two examples this week. Uh, first one is the pressure to live stream thing. Yes, uh, there's some haunters. They're building a haunt in their backyard, and they were live streaming it. And 47 minutes into it, they're doing... Uh, Hand foam on some raw wood in a hallway in their haunt. Um, I could go on for a long time about the inefficiency and just what effect and stuff they're trying to do and, and everything with that, but we're not going to nitpick that. No, the big problem was, and you know, they were using fire retardant foam, but uh, two problems. Uh, that's only one of cures, and that's also um, everything burns. At some point, it does. You know, there's, there's nothing truly fireproof, uh, except maybe asbestos, but that's a whole other problem. Anyway, they uh, had a citronella candle keeping the bugs away while they were working in this hallway with many, many cans of foam. And, of course, some of the foam dripped on the candle, and the whole haunt went up. But the thing is, they kept live-streaming, just live-streaming through the whole freaking thing. It's unbelievable. You got to see it and everything, but even an hour afterwards, they just kept live streaming. We don't need to live stream like that. Don't fall to the pressure. Don't be influenced that you gotta do that. The next thing you're trying to do is tell us what decorations we like. Dunkin' Donuts. I'm in New England. I love Dunkin' Donuts. I love Halloween. I am not spending $100 for a blow-up Halloween decoration that is literally just a Dunkin' Donuts donut with a munchkin in the center to look like a spider. Yes, they this is a spider donut by asking you to buy a $100 balloon for your front yard. There's nothing else to it. It doesn't say Dunkin', doesn't say Happy Halloween, nothing. It's just a spider donut. Literally, it's there to light up, sit all on, so people drive by and go, oh, I wonder if there are any spider donuts left. I'll go get one. Because that's what it is. It's a subliminal advertising. I don't even know how you can make it scary. But yes, they want you to pay them $100 to make this part of your lawn decoration. No no harm doing that. So watch out, everybody, because they're out there. They're trying to influence you. They're trying to change what haunting is. And, you know, we know better. So don't, don't be fooled. Don't fall into it. And until next time, keep every minute scary. Tune in next episode for another Haunt Minute. Hi, this is Josh Gates from Travel Channel's Expedition Unknown, reminding you to send all hate mail to storm at bigscaryshow.com. Good evening. My name is Deadfield, the zombie butler. Visit me and all my friends here at vfxcreates.com and check out the new Putrid Pete the zombie puppet. We have several new products that you might want to see. <laughs> see you soon at vfxcreates.com
Music by Midnight Syndicate. Hello everyone, this is Drew Badger and this is the Deadline News for episode 299. And unfortunately we're going to start with some sad news from Dot's Haunted Woods in Manchester, Tennessee. It is with great sadness to say Dot's Haunted Woods will not be opening this year due to recent storm damage. We look forward to next year, 2024, and we promise it will be bigger and better with all new attractions. Thank you for all the support throughout the years, and keep up with updates at their Facebook page, facebook.com slash Dots Haunted Woods of Spooky Hollow. We have this update from the famous Monsters Festival coming to King of Prussia, Pennsylvania. Son of a Jackal, Damien actor Harvey Stevens from The Omen, the 1976 version, helps us celebrate 65 years of monster mayhem at Famous Monsters Festival, October 13th through the 15th at the Valley Forge Casino in King of Prussia. Pro photo ops, autograph signings, and more with Norman Reedus, Kane Hodder, Sean Patrick Flannery, and David Patrick Kelly are still available Hurry, because tickets are selling fast. Get your tickets now at FamousMonstersFest.com We have this news from the Hillside Horror Haunted Attraction in Roaring River, North Carolina. On October 28th, come experience our entire attraction in the daytime without the scare factor. You'll trick-or-treat throughout our walking trail, which includes navigating our corn maze, countless spooky scenes, including our infamous Sideways House. Our characters will be passing out candy instead of scares. All of this for just $5. We'll also have hay rides, axe tossing, pitchfork tossing, and the last ride simulator available for a small additional cost. Concessions will be available to purchase as well. This is perfect for the whole family, including small kids and those adults too scared to experience the attraction after dark. The rain date will be Saturday, November 4th at the same time if needed. Get more information at hillsidehorror.com. We have an update from the Scarefest coming to Lexington, Kentucky. Scarefest weekend is very excited to welcome Alexandra Breckenridge to Kentucky this October. Horror fans, of course, know her best from her roles in both American Horror Story and The Walking Dead, as well as HBO's True Blood. In 2011, Breckenridge had a recurring role in Season 4 of HBO's True Blood as Katerina Pelham, and also in Season 1 of FX's American Horror Story as a young Moira O'Hara, the ghost of a maid trapped in the house in which she was employed. In addition, she returned for two episodes in Season 3 of the series, Coven as Kaylee, a young witch who excels in pyrokinesis. Since 2019, Breckenridge has played lead character Melinda Mel Monroe as a nurse midwife who moves to a small northern California town following a personal tragedy in the Netflix series Virgin River. Tickets are on sale now. Get more information at scarefestweekend.com. 
We have this news from the Scare DSM Haunted House in Des Moines, Iowa. As a result of irreconcilable differences with our financial investors, Scare DSM has closed indefinitely. We thank you for two incredible seasons and for making Scare DSM Haunted House the highest rated haunted attraction in the Des Moines metro area, as recognized by Google. Your unwavering support has been invaluable, and we eagerly anticipate the opportunity to terrify you once more in the not-too-distant future. Keep up with updates at ScareDSM.com. We have a little more news from the Mountain Road Manor Haunted Attraction in Grace, Idaho. Unfortunately, Mountain Road Manor will not be opening its doors this year due to a unique set of circumstances. We will be unable to run our haunt this year. We hope to be back next year in full force. We are disappointed but hope to see you all again soon. Thanks for all your support in the past and have a safe and happy Halloween season. Keep up with updates at facebook.com slash mountainroadmanor. We have even more sad news, this time from Bones Gulch Haunt in Castaic, California. Sadly, Bones Gulch will be closed for the 2023 haunt season. We'll have additional updates coming soon, and we hope everyone has a frightfully enjoyable Halloween season. Look for those updates at their Facebook page, facebook.com slash 661haunts. And finally, we have this from Creep It Real OC in Santa Ana, California. Even though Halloween isn't here yet, it will have some unfinished business November 17th and 18th at the Heritage Museum of Orange County. Come wreck the halls with us in a spooky holiday marketplace, festive eats, treats, and drinks. Live entertainment, photo ops, meet Creep Kringle and Belfie the Elf, and more. Discount tickets are now on sale until October 31st at midnight when the prices go up. Don't wait or hesitate. We had so much fun last year, we can't wait to do it again. Get those tickets and more info at creepitrealoc.com. Remember, folks, if you have news in the haunted house, Halloween, or horror industries, and you want it on the show, email it to us, news at bigscaryshow.com, and we'll get it on the show. No news is too big or too small. This concludes this edition of the Big Scary Show's Deadline News. <laughs> Hi, this is Brittany from Edge of Insanity in Kokomo, Indiana, and you're listening to The Big Scary Show. Spectral Illusions is a digital production studio creating video effects for your home or pro haunt. They carry over 30 stock videos ready for immediate download, as well as USB drives preloaded with multiple effects. In partnership with AAXA Technologies, they now carry projectors preloaded with multiple effects. And now Big Scary Show listeners can get 15% off downloads, USBs, and screens with code BIGSCARY15. Projectors not included. Visit SpectralIllusions.com and add some life to your haunt. That's SpectralIllusions.com. Jerry Vane, Black Moon Asylum, on the Big Scary Show.
My name is Stuart from Shocktoberfest in England, UK, and you're listening to The Big Scary Show. Want to take your haunt to a new dimension of terror? Then let dark imaginings conjure up some ghoulish graphics and web design services for your home, haunt, or crypt. Mm. To see more of our products and services, drop by darkimaginings.com. Let us help you get ahead of your competition. <laughs> And ladies and gentlemen, we hope you are enjoying the show. We want to find out if you're listening carefully because it is time for the October gruesome giveaway sponsored by ScreamlineStudios.com. Now is the time to go to ScreamlineStudios.com and pick up those last-minute Halloween supplies because time is running out. Now, you know how this works. I am going to ask you a question. The answer is in the show. If you think you know the answer, email us that answer along with your name and phone number to bsscontest at gmail.com before midnight on Monday, October 16th. Now, without further ado, the question for the October gruesome giveaway is... During the round table of terror, we had three guests whose haunts are entering their final season. Two of those haunts are voluntarily closing their doors. One of them is not. Which haunt is not voluntarily closing its doors after the season? If you think you know that answer, please email it to us along with your name and phone number to bsscontest at gmail.com Again, before Monday's October 16th at midnight, and you could be randomly selected to be a winner of a great prize from ScreamlineStudios.com. Previous winners and family of the Big Scary Show not eligible to win. Good luck, everyone. Enjoy October. And thank you, Screamline Studios, for giving us these great prizes. The Roundtable of Terror is very proudly sponsored by HauntPay. Whether it's time ticketing, virtual queue lines, or anything else related to online ticket sales, have Alex and his staff set you up at HauntPay.com. Ladies and gentlemen, the music you hear once again for the 299th time. The Roundtable of Terror is here, and we're talking haunts. A lot of haunts have opened up this week. A lot of haunts opened last week. We are so excited that haunt season is here. But if you have been listening to the news, deadline news, or big scary news, you may have noticed a 
maybe not disturbing trend, but certainly one that is noticeable more this year than in years past. And there are an awful lot of haunted attractions out there this year, including some mentioned on this very show, that are just not opening this year for various reasons, either, you know, property disputes or health reasons and big name haunts over the last year that have decided not to open this year. It's it's become such a big thing in our news that uh, we thought we'd start asking some people what's going on, because there's also a lot of haunts that are announcing that this is their final season. And we put the word out to some haunted attraction owners that are indeed putting on a final season this year. So hopefully they will go out with a huge bang and a big, big, wonderful season here. So we're going to give them a chance to talk about their haunts a little bit and uh, kind of reflect back on all the years they've been in business because a lot of haunts apparently aren't going to get that opportunity this year. So let's start up in Kokomo, Indiana with the Edge of Insanity haunted attraction. We have Tammy and Walt Ingham with us, who are the owners there. Guys, are you with us? Yes, we are. Yep. Down in Huntsville, Arkansas, not too far from the old crone, we have Brandy Solarzano. Gosh, I hope I'm not going to butcher that all night with the expelled haunted attraction. Brandy, are you with us? Yes. Uh, it's very nice to hear from you. And down in my neck of the woods, I was devastated, I'm not going to lie, when I heard the news that Hacker House, my <clears throat> favorite haunt in the state of North Carolina, is closing down. But we had this gentleman on a couple of years ago talking about haunts that have been around forever. I guess that's forever is not forever. But we have Cliff Martin with us from Hacker House. Cliff, how are you, sir? Hi, Drew. Good to see you. Oh man, I am I am so unhappy to hear about this, but we're going to uh figure out why and I am planning a trip to see you this year. We also have our regular host with us up in Rhode Island from the now defunct Trails to Terror. We have Storm. Greetings from New England where we can tell it's spooky season as more and more lawns are darkened by the shadows of 12-foot skeletons. How's the uh, number of inflatables this year? Uh, not too bad. I haven't been out at night to really see how many, but yeah, you know, you do drive by some lawns with about, you know, five or six of them lying on the lawn and that, that <laughs> you can do inflatables right. And that's not the way down in Cincinnati, Ohio, ex dent schoolhouse employee, but the dent is still running strong. We have meat hook, Jim, you know, my house is going to be overrun with spiders for Halloween, and it wasn't my choice. It was the choice of my wife, the woman who hates spiders. <laughs> so she orders spiders for the Halloween display this year. Go figure. Go figure, indeed. And down in Fanville, Arkansas, somebody whose haunt is going alive and well for now Banshee hey. Manor, we have <laughs> we have Jonna, aka the old crone. How are you? Hello, and and as a haunt owner, thank you guys so much for coming on in what is a very busy time, because I'm sure you guys are ex exhausted and sharing this with us. My name is Drew Badger down in Charlotte, North Carolina, still training actors at haunted attractions around the country. Just got back from the mid-Atlantic region. 
and I'm heading down to Georgia and I still got a lot more, but haunts most for the most part are alive and well and doing fine. But this is a little bittersweet because three very, very cool haunts that have been around a, a long time are um, are shutting their doors this year. And uh, kind of like to find out a little bit why. Let's start with uh, Tammy and Walt. Tell us a little bit about Edge of Insanity. How long have you been around? And uh, what what is the reason that you are finally deciding to hang up the proverbial you know, monster costumes and shut your doors. Um, we've been operating, this will be our 16th season. Um, when we started, it was intended to be a business venture and it turned out to be a charity haunted house. And, and we've been doing a lot of good for our community for a very long time. So it did make the decision much more difficult. But for the last few years, we personally have been slowing down ages starting to catch up with us and we are not um we're not the spring chickens we were when we started this um even our actors we have had actors with us for 16 years so when they started they were 15 and 16 years old and they're now in their 30s they have children they have marriages they have homes they have full-time jobs and they're still trying to juggle this into their lives and it's it's become increasingly difficult for us to continue to do this. Um, and we're just, we're just getting tired. I think a little bit has changed over the years. We've definitely seen some changes, particularly getting through um, the pandemic and trying to figure out how we are going to operate safely throughout that time. But I think mostly it's just because we're all kind of tired. <laughs> I'll be honest. We're all just kind of <laughs> tired. Totally understand. You don't look a day over 39, by the way. Um, <laughs> Brandy. Brandy, tell us a little bit about the Expelled. How long have you been around? And again, what are some of the reasons that you're deciding to call it quits this year? Well, um, our main reason was our building was sold to somebody else. Um, that was the main reason, <laughs> really the only reason we would still be continuing it, but, um, real estate is really difficult to come by where we are, um, for an affordable rate anyways. And, um, it's, it's really unfortunate and we wasn't ideal, but it's kind of been the thing that's been handed to us and we're trying to take it with as much grace as possible and just have the best last season, final season that we could um, possibly put on. So. So I'm guessing the new owner is not a fan of haunted houses. No, just to kind of give you an idea, our building is an actual abandoned slaughterhouse and um, yeah, and it's perfect. I mean, it's great, but um, it has actually been condemned because it's in such bad shape, but we have fixed it up enough to where it's safe for you know the 14 days out of the year we use it and um that's the people that have bought it they just i don't think they understand that and that's you know that's them so it's okay but um it's it's where we're at with it so yeah brandy do you know what the new owner is going to do with the building um he says he's turning it into a clinic a cafe and a barbershop <laughs> but it's <laughs> condemned so i don't i'm not sure 
how he's going to do that. Yeah, that's going to be, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's it was a restaurant before it was our haunted house, and the restaurant failed because people were so skeeved out about eating at an actual slaughterhouse. So. Yeah, yeah but how fresh was the hamburger? <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean, come on. <laughs> Cliff, when I heard the news that Hacker House was going to be shutting down after all these years, you know, I I literally shed a tear. But tell us a little bit about it and how many years and what's your reasons, sir, for closing up? Well, I'd say we've uh, been going a little over 27 years, and it's uh, most of it seemed to make some kind of sense at the time. But we've had a good time, and... Over the decades, it's uh, been a little harder to maintain the energy. And uh, my cast, I would say the majority of them, the wide majority of them, are uh, 10 years plus. Uh, a lot of them are 15, 18 years. And uh, I guess one of the comments I heard from them when I told the cast was, uh, you know, five years ago I would have cried, but now I get it. I said, yeah, it's just a, it's just a good time. Uh, we've become a family, and we're, we're still going to be getting together, probably scaring each other. Um, I don't think we're going to give up doing anything. don't know what the future may bring. Um, and uh, my wife tells me it's time for me to retire, retire, retire. Uh, two or three jobs I've had forever. So she's making sense. And uh, it would be good to actually go to other parts during the October <laughs> season. And uh, see, see what other people do. Yeah, really where I'm at. I can't disagree with you on that last point. You know, that, that's one of the perks of not owning a haunt is that we get to go out and see the other ones. So. The other people. Yeah, I want to see my buddies' places, you know. That's forever. That's where I've seen the place. Yeah, you got a few quite, quite nice haunts just to the south of you. So, yeah, hopefully you'll be able to spend some time out there. Well, definitely, um, that's for sure. Definitely, um, Brandy. You said, or um, sorry, Tammy. You guys said that uh, you were a charity haunt, so uh, I'm sure that that's going to affect the charities that you support. You not being open after this year, but for all of you, what was the general reaction from the community? I know that you know you guys are, are probably fixtures every October. You know. Families have literally taken their kids and their kids have grown up watching and being scared and, and all that kind of stuff. Has there been a lot of either sadness or, or you know, good riddance, you know, you're all a bunch of baby eating devil worshiper <laughs> type reactions or anything like that. What, what's been the general reaction from your local communities? I honestly, it's been hit and miss as far as, part of the people have just been shocked and the majority of people are, are sad. Um, we are at a point now where their second generations coming through. Um, they grew up with it and now they're taking their kids through it. Um, a lot of people in the community have reached out and told us that they are so sorry and we will be missed. Um, our charities have been very kind and they have let us know how much they appreciated what we've done over the years and how we've helped over the years. And they've tried to really get the word out to support a final big year. I don't know if you guys have anything to add. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've heard a lot of, Oh no, no. And stuff like this. So 
the support we've had over the years has been fantastic. I mean, we've had people come out three and four times in the season and people look forward to it all, but they understand. Yeah. They know I'm getting ready to retire and um, the energy level, it's, it's difficult. As soon as it starts getting warm, I'm out there working. So it's uh, tiredness and health play a big part. But I think we've had a high 90%. Everyone that I've heard is sorry, but glad we were here doing it. So, Yeah, that's been our experience at the Expelled. It's, it's been a lot of sadness, a lot of support, um, everybody reaching out, you know, what can we do? How can we help? You know, let us find you some land, like all these things, but, um, it, it's just, it, it's, it's really, it's bittersweet almost because as Walt, uh, you know, you guys said about aging out, it's, it's hard on your body when you're in there all summer long, every single day. And, yep. you know, we've been doing it for 10 years. This would have been our 10th season had COVID not happened, but, um, you know, we've been doing it every single day for the last 10 years of my life. And, now that it's coming to an end, it's like a little bit of me is uh, happy about it because that means I'm going to actually be able to go do the things that I've always wanted to do in October. <laughs> but the other part of me is just, is really sad because it was just kind of, it was one thing that we were, that we had to be, it had to happen. And so it's, it's been mostly received pretty well that, you know, that we're leaving, but everybody's really sad. Yeah. And the funny thing about, about Brandy and her group, and they do an amazing, amazing haunted attraction. They've won several state review awards and things, and it's definitely going to leave a big hole in Northwest Arkansas um, haunt community. But the thing is, they kind of fell into it as a charity thing. Yeah. And we within just a couple of years, within just, what, three years, you guys were yeah. top of the game. Yeah. And, um, you know, we've we've done some cross promotions. They've always been very supportive of Banshee Manor. We've always been supportive of them. Absolutely. Even even yesterday, you know, whenever I was out promoting Banshee Manor at a fair uh, or festival, I was like, by the way, we have other great haunts in the area. And I did, whenever I got too expelled, I said, this is their last season. Please go visit them because you don't want to miss it. It's been really hard. (laughs) Well, thank you, Jonna. We appreciate that so much. Cliff, how about you? You know, Pilot Mountain's not a huge, huge town, but I, I know you guys make a big impact in the local community. Um, the response we've had from uh, from our, our customers has just been super positive and supportive, and everyone's uh, going to miss us, I think. Uh, one of the more frequent comments we're getting off of Facebook is, uh, does that mean you're going to do the Krampus show? That's the show we do in December. So they were all worried that they would miss that show as well. So that's been um, it's been heartening. It's been really good to read the comments and see what people say instead of you know through filters. It's uh, it's been good. I think we're gonna have a great time. I know I will. But it'll be fun. Is there going to be a Krampus show in December? Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, good. We we can't good. You need to come to that. I don't think you've been to a Krampus show, Drew. You need to come. I have not yet been to one. Uh, what are the dates? We'll we'll get to that. We'll get to that later. Okay. We'll get to that down the road a little bit. One more time. So, um, storm. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. 
Storm, when uh when um your owner for Trails to Terror announced that they were going to be shutting down, what was the general reaction with you? I know it's been several years now, but uh, I, I'm sure that there was quite the reaction with with your haunt. Well, well, it, it, it's actually a different scenario because it's uh, the the haunt actually went one more year after um, I was done. Uh, it was the general manager I worked with. But we knew it was coming, and I knew with the owners too, because they started building an exit strategy, and they they you, they knew that their point that hey, we're only going to do this for a few more years. The general manager I worked with was, you know, he lived up here in New England, but um, he had a place down in Florida, and that's where he wanted to go and retire to. So he's having a custom boat built, uh, you know, plans with that. He is retiring here and going back and forth to Florida for part of the year. But, you know, when they were going to sell the house and be done with up here, that was the last year. So could see it coming. And, you know, I'd planned with it, too. When I go to conventions and stuff, I wasn't looking for big new animatronics to buy because we the haunt was on its way out. You know, you're more looking for actor training and little innovations than restructuring the entire haunt. So the the good thing is there there was a whole exit strategy there, and you knew it was coming. But it was a little bittersweet, especially that last season. But even as an actor, you know, the last couple of nights uh, of a season, you, you got to take it in because you don't know what next year is going to bring. You know, there's always things with, you know, land, how things are used. Um, you know, if there's some sort of disaster uh, in the off season at the haunt, you know, we see that a lot in the news too, that sometimes these haunts, you know, have fires or uh, floods that uh, take them out and they hope to reopen, but we see so many of them don't. And then, you know, just, uh, different management things. We've seen haunts taken down by managers uh, acting awful and, you know, having having uh, criminal uh, charges and stuff come across. So, you know, the, the haunt can always go away. So even as an actor, you know, take in those last couple of nights uh, every season because you, you don't you're yes. not guaranteed that's going to be around next year. I think we were all shocked back, I believe, in the spring. Maybe it was March or April when, you know, Brett Hayes' haunt, is it Fear Fair, Fear Farm, Fear Fair in Seymour, Indiana, lost their insurance and said, that's it. We're we're closed. We're, we're not coming back. And that just was like, you know, he was the former president of the HAA. His, his haunt was nationally known. You're absolutely right. You know, he did not get a chance to have that final season and, you know, pull out all the stops and everything that that was that was just a big shock. And, you know, again, that can happen to a lot of different people and and probably has in, in more than one of these occasions where they are just saying they're not back this year. So, well, well Cliff and 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 Walt and Tammy, you guys, you've made that conscious decision. Now's time. Brandy, aren't you at least glad that you got the notice before the season so that you can have that last hurrah versus, you know, yes. thinking you're coming back and then just find out you're not coming back at all? Well, at see that, that we uh, that was almost our situation, though. Um, we had to do a lot of negotiations over the summer, um, which took away from a lot of us being able to build out further because we build out every year. That is something we've always done. And um, so we had a lot of negotiations over the entire summer 
So from about May until mm, the 1st of August, we didn't even think we were going to get to open. And um, we finally talked them into at least letting us lease out until the end of the year um, or, you know, allowing our lease. To, we had the lease, excuse me, but they wanted to stop the lease. And we at least we talked them into that. We had to pay more money, which is totally worth it. But, um, you know, we were in that situation where we thought it was going to be completely ripped out from under us. And we talked them into letting us have one last hoorah or boorah, if you will. And um, it, it, it's really scary because as you guys were saying, you know, to take those last two, especially those last two nights of your season, because you just don't know, like it was almost completely ripped from us and we were gutted, but you know, it worked out. We got a new to have this final season and I'm hoping it works out for us. I want to remind you all, you are listening to the round table of terror. We are talking about haunts going into their final season with our very special guest, Brandy Solarzano from The Expelled in Huntsville, Arkansas, Cliff Martin with Hacker House in Pilot Mountain, North Carolina, and Tammy and Walt Ingham from Kokomo, Indiana with The Edge of Insanity Haunted Attraction, our regular hosts. We're going to take a very short break for this very important message, and we will be right back. Are you looking for a comprehensive ticketing solution for your haunted attraction? HauntPay has the answer. We skip the features you don't need and focus on the ones you like, such as timed ticketing and repeat time slots, variable ticket types, bundle and combo tickets, social media discounts, and now featuring all-in-one options including managing your tickets online and at the door, as well as upselling and managing your merchandise and concessions with a comprehensive report on everything at the end of the night. Head on over to hauntpay.com and get started in 60 seconds for free. And we're back to the Roundtable Air Terror talking about some haunts going into their final season. All the bells, all the whistles, all the stops are no doubt being brought out to make this season very memorable with our very special guests, Tammy and Walt Ingham from Edge of Insanity. Brandy Solorzano from The Expelled, Cliff Martin from Hacker House, our regular hosts. And, and uh, John, no, you're not too haunt owner. And noticing that a, another one is um, getting ready to shut down, that that might present you with, shall we say, an opportunity, eh? Maybe, but I know every haunt owner is thinking it. I know they're thinking exactly what I'm thinking. What are you going to do with all your stuff? And how can I get some of it? <laughs> well, that's, that is, uh, you know, something we have only moderately been kicking around because ideally we could find a place and miraculously we're going to be able to open next year and, you know, all this stuff. But uh, um, I don't know. We, we genuinely do not know. Um, I was going to ask you, Storm, is it is it something that I, I know that you didn't own it, but what did you guys do? Like, did you sell it to another haunt or did you keep it in hopes that something else would happen and you could open uh, the, it? The owners did eventually sell it off. Uh, you know, they're working to clean up the property. We were in agritainment. So the owners of the haunt was actually the owners of the farm stand that we're at. You know, it was a farm and garden center with an acreage that we did in the back. So, uh, you know, the G, the general manager of trails, we build it each year and we get paid for doing that. 
but it's the owners and they owned everything, all the props and everything. And uh, it, over the years, we're cleaning up, getting rid of the stuff that was broken and destroyed, taking good care of the stuff that that uh, is there. And uh, they had a couple of uh, 18-wheeler trailers that they'd store everything in in the off-season and in a couple of greenhouses. And they eventually sold it off to a couple haunts that were looking to start in the area. But a lot of it was the flats and, and the animatronics and, and things like that. Yeah, we have a lot of props that we um, developed and produced ourselves. And so um, it's attached, you know, to the walls that we've built. So, you know, we we're we're at a loss at how we can detach that and sell it because it is a working prop or, or you know, static prop, really. But, um, you know, we're, we're still trying to figure this out because this is new to us. We don't know. You know, it's also sentimental at this point right now it's still pretty sentimental and we're we're not we're not sure what we're going to do with it yet so but john be aware you'll be the first one to know if we decide to sell it all <laughs> uh, well thank you but i would actually recommend that you take a beat i mean obviously you guys are gonna have to move everything mm -hmm. um, for the new owners so whenever you're moving everything that is step one of weeding out what you don't want to keep and then of the stuff you do keep before you get rid of any of that stuff or anything that's of value evaluate um okay if we are able to find another location what do we want that location to look like do we how much of the original expelled feel do we want to bring to a new expelled and how does this particular item fit into what may be a new look and that might help you you know you know kind of decide you know does this give me joy or does this not give me joy um <laughs> you know that, no, that's that's yeah, that's a really good way to think of it because you know I've I, we've had props in there from the beginning when we started ten years ago, and I would be happily to just be like, it's got to go, you know. But then there's some things that we just developed last season, and I you know spent six seven weeks on building it, and now I'm not so sure that I'm ready to part with it, you know. So yeah, that's a good way to look at it. The interesting thing with a lot of that is, um, you know, knowing what you can rebuild and that type of thing. You know, there are a lot of times, uh, uh, you know, um, Scary Larry and I, when we're building stuff and doing mausoleums, they're like, you know, if we ever did it again, we do this differently with the construction and, and, and know the little things with it. So, you know, getting that information down is good, too. Uh, the biggest thing I would suggest with, you know, uh, especially in your position with not knowing if in the future you're going to bring it hang on if you're not selling the haunt as a whole hang on to the infrastructure stuff your wires your lighting your sound that's the hardest stuff to replace and the most expensive the dungeon dressing sometimes that's fun to replace sometimes you know then you're not tied down and and you know if you get a different opportunity you're into it it's a lot easier to rewire something and, and do something in flats you you know would be infrastructure and something you can keep because uh you know a layer of paint and they're they're something completely different but you know that dungeon dressing you know while it's sentimental and 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 fun it, that's the easiest thing and the most fun to replace and also you know in the off season that's usually what uh you know people are looking for if you're not selling it as a whole what about you cliff tammy and walt what are uh, what are your plans for all your stuff well my wife wants it gone that's a clue 
So, they have I mean, a trailer like, up there November 3rd. Oh, <laughs> I've got a trailer that she wants gone too. So, oh. <laughs> no, it's a, I, ideally, I, I would like to uh, sell it as one infrastructure, just here, take it all. Um, there have been sentimental value over the years. I mean, most everything we have here, we build. We don't, uh, we don't buy many crops, you know, just for the, the pleasure of doing it, I guess. Um, but on the other hand, I have no use for it on the backside. Oh, I can only imagine well, you're going to have a fa- you're going to have a fantastic yard display the next year, right? True, true. Well, actually, <laughs> we have that stored. So yeah, yeah, we still do that. How about you, Tammy and Walt? What are what are your immediate or long-term plans for liquidating? Well, I've reached out to a couple few friends of mine to let them know. And I've told some of the people, some of our volunteers that have been there the longest, that there's an item in there that you really want as like a keepsake. Just run it past me first, and then you're more than welcome to have it. So I've had a couple of people say, well, what about this? And I was like, that's fine. Go ahead. But um, but try and sell off as much as I can. I've got like three items that I want to keep because it's sentimental value. But um, a lot of things I built myself. Some things like the spinning tunnel that was purchased, so that's um, so that was a pro job. So and I've got a couple of semi big things like that. But um, get my barns back, redo the land, and maybe put in a gazebo for the wife as a reading station. We've had a couple of haunts reach out to us interested in, in either acquiring the haunt as a whole or acquiring portions of the haunt. But I will say on a side note that whatever value there may be in any of the items, whether it be the props, the, the wiring, the lighting, the tools, all, all of the things that we have that build what we have, the most valuable asset we have and we've always had is the acting troop. And that is kind of still up in the air. Um, I've had, you mentioned something about, you know, what um, folks plans are for the future and everything's in shadow as we know, but I've had some, some interesting um, ideas brought to me that um, maybe something will pan out. We just have to see what the future brings that might allow the troop to still come together and do something, but just not for edge of insanity. And for me, that would make me really, really happy. That would make my heart very happy. You're, you're not going to sell the troop to another haunt, are you? Or would yeah, you no, no, sale no. actors, <laughs> slightly used. <laughs> it's hard to find. Just got to feed them. <laughs> give, them no. give them pizza and Free a t-shirt good every night. They'll be happy. Taste of pizza and a t-shirt are yours. <laughs> it's not like that at all. Well, you got to do it. The last night uh, in the actor's studio is put, you know, free to good home around some yeah. of their necks yes. with, on car- cardboard. I'm uh, telling you, know, <laughs> there's a few that would one get question, up. <laughs> uh, one question that, uh, you know, I just thought of now and we didn't ask, what is the size of each of your haunts? You know, ma- mainly by, you know, what your average attendance is each year to, so that uh, we can get a feel of you know, how big of an operation it is that you're closing down after these years? We're a small haunt. Um, 
our attendance yearly two thousand maybe um size wise is i mapped it out once there's like a thousand feet of walking distance outside and inside it's a 40 by 50 attached to a 50 by 60 pole barns that i put all mazes of and whatnot inside there's an upstairs loft in the back and i've made good work out of the the idea of mazes so people are like oh it's so much bigger than it looks type of deal but that's the secret of using mazes so um how many square feet 20 30,000 I'm, I'm guessing you were a part of the midwest haunt tour one year yes. were you not 2010 yes yeah I, re- yeah I remember that now so we had just put in the second <laughs> story when you guys came in and it was before we built the outside. You guys didn't yeah. get to see the um, yeah. the outside. We built all of that and added that on a few years after that. And how it many square up. feet did you say it was, Walt? I'm I'm going to guess if you include outside, it's got to be between 20,000, 30,000 square feet. Wow. It's kind of hard to, to gauge because we've got a hog shed out back that we use. And um, the walking trail after you get out of the asylum, then you go out to the back where all the hillbillies are. And then the, the two barns up front is where you start and you pass through the cemetery and go out back and all of this stuff. So the the maze concept, you take a 50 by 50 and it seems like it's 300 by 300 if you do the mazes correctly. I mean, you all know that. So um, it's worked out well. I mean, a lot of years it'd be like, oh, I expanded 400 more feed onto the walking outside or 200 and some or 500 and some and just kept kept going so just wanted to always make it worth if you're going to come out and see us i want to make it worth the the price your of time. Mission, whatever yeah your time absolutely stuff like that so I ours uh, ideas. yeah our haunt the expelled we um our haunt is about ten thousand ish square feet now our building is pretty small. Um, we've probably got about 6,500 square feet in the building. And then the rest of it, we've built outside in a cemetery and a farm yeah. as we call it, because yeah. I mean, it's a slaughterhouse. You got to have some aspect of a farm, right? Oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> and we do about 8,700 people a year. Wow. Um, so uh, a little context to where we're located to the big cities, if you will, which is Fayetteville, yeah. Springdale, Rogers, Bentonville. Uh, we're about 40-ish, give or take a few miles from them. So, you know, for us to get that many people to come through our doors being that far away, um, yeah. you know, it's it's pretty good feeling. Pretty good feeling. Oh, yeah. We've, we've really blessed me to touch on that is we've drawn from, like, Chicago, Fort Wayne, yeah. Indianapolis, and I'm like, oh, my God. Why are you here? <laughs> and our parking is very very limited it's on street parking and stuff like that but we still have people that come from all over and it's it really yeah. is heartwarming that people would drive that far and they still it really is class, so. yeah yeah we had a couple from oklahoma city this past weekend they came just to see oh our haunt because we were open and Love i was that. like but you came really early and she's like oh we go to all the haunts she said we will travel to another state to see a good haunt so that's awesome <laughs> Chicago's amazing. I've, I've been hoping to do once we're done, then that'll give us a chance to go and see other haunts because right. you know right. while you're doing it, you really can't. Well, I'll be back tomorrow. Well, no, you have to be here now. 
Yep. And I'm the main maintenance man at ours. So it's like something happens. It's like nobody knows. It's like, well, go get Walt. He'll fix it. Okay. So you really have no time. So it'll give us a chance to go and cruise and see friends of ours in the industry and check out their haunted house and stuff, which is very cool. That's the plan, I, at least. I, I plan on having a bucket list of haunts to attend whenever I, when Banshee Manor, you know, goes off into the mist. Um, and hope, hoping that will take some sting out of not opening yeah. yourself, you know, your own haunt that year. It That's so, so true. My my goal now is since I'm going to actually have an October off, is I've <laughs> always wanted to go to Salem, Massachusetts during October, no, and I'm going to do that now. No, I'm gonna no, do you it. don't. You <laughs> don't. <laughs> I've never you been. You want, you want <laughs> to, uh, all you'll see are people. Yeah. Oh man! Yeah. when yeah. should I go? Now September. Yeah. September. It's Mardi Gras night every every night in, in October. Oh. Don't go in November. Don't do it. No. If you go in November, they're gonna they start closing up all the attractions. Mm. Yeah. Well, that's true. Um, I've, I've been twice. September has been the best time. The best oh, time. Wow. Yeah. Yep. At least there you go. I always wanted to go there. The legendary haunt tours going to Salem this year, so not oh. too late to uh, get involved in that. So. Hmm. hmm. Interesting. Cliff, how about you? How big is uh how big is Hacker House? How are how are your attendance numbers and everything this year? Well, we've been, we've been bigger than we are now, but uh that was that was intentional like, many years ago. Um let's say we got up around eight thousand at the biggest, but uh we averaged around four to five, maybe ish. Uh, honestly, I, I don't know. I, my wife keeps track of that and she tells me <laughs> I could have money to be a but yeah, it's uh, I mean, years ago we would we would go for every festival we could get, and uh, it got to be quite hectic. So we decided to cut back because we wanted to have fun, not stress. And, and just to give people some context, Pilot Mountain is a tiny little berg. You can you can see Pilot Mountain from I seventy seven coming down the hill from Virginia into North Carolina, but there there's not much else there other than a lot of Mayberry related stuff. <laughs> and Hacker House. I mean, you know, <laughs> it, exactly it is a tiny town. Is. You have to make Hacker House a destination because I believe the next closest one is probably Eddie's place down in Greensboro, and that's at least forty-five minutes to an hour. But uh, it's an hour drive. Yeah. So with uh, with the announcements that this is your final seasons, are you guys planning any like big events, either like opening night extravaganza? Are you doing blackout nights? Are you doing like a big monster kids night kind of thing? What kind of uh, what kind of stops are you pulling out? Are you inviting actors who have always worked or have worked from years past to come and guest act? Or what are all three of you guys doing? differently this year than you have in years past. Well we so, do have a Friday the 13th coming up. Yeah, cannot can't can't uh can't discount there's a Friday the 13th. So I assume hopefully Hacker House is doing something special on Friday the 13th. Oh we're gonna figure out something to do. Yes. <laughs> it's still so the expelled we're doing a, a Friday the 13th event and it's called my pet. So 
um, it's going to be like some really light but creepy touching, like putting your fingers through their hair, touching their arms, caressing their faces, just like a really creepy thing. And then we're going to go in conjunction with the local pet shelter and, you know, try to raise some money for them at the same time um, for our Friday the 13th event. And then on the, the 12th, which is a Thursday night, we're doing our what we're calling our last boo-raw, which is our family night. So all the families that won't come during regular season, they can come and see our sets and meet our actors as normal people and not as monsters. You know, um, we give the little kids flashlights and when they flash it on the monsters, the monsters act scared. And, you know, it's a lot of fun. The little kids love it. Um, we're really <laughs> pretty. We're, we like to think that we're not family friendly and I don't really think we are during the regular season. Um, we're pretty hostile and um, our clowns, especially are hostile. Uh, they'll get in your face and in your personal space and do everything but touch you. So, um, and then we of course have our last event of our season, which is what we called the unleashed and it is full contact. They even sign a waiver. It's not McKamey manner, co full contact, but it's, you know, we duct tape people's hands together and zip tie them to strangers and uh, put them in cages and coffins and all that good stuff. And they might be in there for 20 minutes or an hour. It just depends on, who lets them out? <laughs> <laughs> That's great. For us uh, here in Kokomo, um, we haven't planned any big events or anything like really special this year, but I have been reaching out. I'm the actor manager, Brittany, by the way. Um, I have been reaching out to actors from previous seasons and especially the actors who were here at the very beginning when we first started. And I've been um, asking them uh, if they want to come back and act for a night for the whole season or if they just want to like, come through and making sure they have an opportunity to get tickets to come through. And I've also been talking with the actors about um, arranging like lights on tours with their families um, so that everybody has an opportunity to see it and be a part of it before we close for good. Good ideas. And Oh God, nothing is McKamey manner touching. <laughs> we, we, we don't, we don't discuss that, that one anymore. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll, we'll just move on here. So, um, <laughs> Any um, any great stories that you guys have had? Surely over the 10, 16, or 27 years that you guys have been in business, there's got to be a couple of moments that you'll just never, ever forget that happened at the haunt, either with an actor, a, a customer, or you know maybe you were recognized by your town, had a proclamation in your honor. What, what are some of the, uh, the good stories that, uh, that have happened over the years? A, a big one for us is, as you know, we're in Arkansas, so we have Walmart here. Okay. So uh, last season, we had a lady come, and she happens to be the store manager for store number one. So the first store that was ever opened is Walmart. And she's the store manager, and she came to our haunt last year, and she said, look, I want you to know I've come from Chicago. She's like, I lived up there. I was store manager up there for a long time. They've moved me to Arkansas. Met my family, we're going to retire down here. She's like, I've been to Statesville. I've been to all these really big haunts. And she said, but you guys actually scared me. She's like, you legitimately scared me. And she was like, I don't think I've ever been to a haunt that's actually scared me. That's and awesome. so that, that, yeah. that compliment, because we also, we fangirl about Statesville, you know, um, we've become friends with them and, and it's been, you know, one of those things. So it, it felt really good to have a compliment like that to have a, a haunt of that size and that capacity for us to be compared to was, was a lot. And um, 
of course she sent over all her friends and and that was great so we just got more numbers from it but it was it's a good story it's a good feel good story that that we we hold on to a lot how about the others uh i guess we have to look, look back over all the years i guess some of it's just the stories of perseverance uh, one year our hot building was collapsed by snow and ice and that was uh that was exciting. We lost the whole building. And the re- recovery from that was, was fun. Uh, one year, four hours, no, two hours before opening, DOT truck shows up and says they're closing the bridge, which is our access road, going to the place, opening night. Um, so, fun weekend. The, uh, <laughs> what was the other one? Oh, uh, Tuesday before we opened one year, we had 12 inches of water in the hall from a flood. Oh, my. It was the strangest things. We had caskets floating from room to room. That was that was weird. Um, and the smell of dead fish, which became a, one of our iconic lines for several years, was the smell of dead fish inside. That was a lot of fun. Uh, there's been there are stories. We usually one every year. But uh, we just laugh it off and keep, and, and keep going. There's a thousand actor stories. Uh, guy was relating one to me just this Saturday that we had a stand-up medical skeleton on a stand in one corner of our library. And lady comes in, turning around. You know, we got the little metal ends and the fingers and the buttons. And uh, it caught her sweater. So she felt it spun around, and her motion was such that it flailed the, the skeleton into throwing its arm around her other side and stuck in the sweater. So here she is, flailing in both directions, falls on the floor, losing this battle with the skeleton. And the actor was standing there, I don't know what to do. You know, what do I do? But that, that, that went on for a while. Uh, the next group stepped over her as she was still flailing. So that was supposed to be. I don't know what it that's, that, that's tremendous. That's like, oh, look, a piece of a prop, a skeleton attacking somebody. Yeah. Wow, that looks realistic. <laughs> That's funny. How about Edge of Insanity? What kind of really cool stories have you had over the years? For me, um, we we have had issues with trees. Um, We had a tree come down on our back, and it was the second year that we had built out into the back, and we had a tree come down just after we went live. And that was terrifying. It came down on a new place that we had just built. And I thought the actor was inside. Luckily, he had heard it coming down and had escaped before it came down. And then we had a tree come down over part of our barn and it went through into our day room where we had actors. And all of a sudden the actor radioed me and was like, Tammy, I can see the stars. <laughs> I was like, you're not, you're inside the barn. You shouldn't see the stars. Um, no one was injured on either one. And you were saying something, Brittany. Oh, there are, um, like, like was already said before, there are tons of stories, you know, every year of either perseverance or of the hilarity that ensues between actors and customers. Um, but for, I know a lot of us, uh, one of the biggest things that we have, um, received, uh, from working in the haunted house industry is being able to go to things like the Midwest Haunters Convention and meet up and make new friends and new connections and these uh, meet these people who 
we will hold on to for the rest of our lives. Um, they've impacted us greatly and they've really changed the way that we have approached haunting. Mm-hmm. Um, we've learned so much from them and so much from those conventions in general. So it's just been an, an amazing and incredible opportunity. Any, uh, any questions from our host looking at the clock? We probably need to start winding this down. Any final questions? Yeah, I got one more quick one. It's, uh, you know, a little bit of the reality with this all. Are any of you planning additional security measures with announcing that this is your last season? Because I, I hate to say it, but between, you know, actors and customers, things are going to try and walk off uh, towards the end of the season. Yeah. Um, so our haunt has been broken into three times. Um, the first year, they stole everything. Our props, our tools, everything. Luckily, it was in july so we still had time to like rebuild it but it wasn't the haunt the quality haunt that we've always put on so you know that was the whole thing um and then the next two times um because of course we were we were closed during covid so we had a squatter that was living in there and he spray painted everything um and then uh the second time was somebody that was just they just so happened to jiggle the handle just right and got in and stole some props in our in that front room that's closest to the highway so um, a couple of our actors are actually police officers and um, here in Huntsville. And so they are, they're really, they're, they're watching us closely, but also we have one that is on staff when people exit. So we can check for those kinds of things because last year, surprisingly, people were walking out with stuff and they were just walking out with it. And yep. I'm like, what are you doing? Why are you taking a saw that's, you know, like it has no monetary value to you? Why are you taking this? And um, so, yeah, we've really we've we've really been watching it because theft is a bad problem for us. For us, um, we learned a trick early on from Niles Haunted House. And pretty much all of our props are glued down, screwed down, tied down and can't grow legs. But as far as security, we did double down on security this year. We always have um, police officers on duty and we did double down on the security this year just because we know things can can get a little a little crazy potentially. And then we've always operated. We have closed circuit TV throughout the inside and the outside. So between those security measures, we we hope to keep things on an even keel. If not, the officers have have let us know that they're happy to try out the tasers. (laughs) (laughs) That's always good. (laughs) We're not planning anything uh, extra this year. Uh, Joey, we don't have an issue with any of that. So, yeah, we're excited to have some fun. That's that's what we're doing. Uh, Our our place is fairly secluded as well, so, so that helps, I guess. Any any more or any final questions? Well, guys, this is the part of the show we like to affectionately call the plugs because this is your final season. We definitely want you to get the word out there to everyone in your various areas that this is indeed your final season. So let's start with Edge of Insanity. For people wanting tickets more information, the dates that you are open and your final day open. Um, what kind of websites, social media, and other things can they do to get that information? Um, okay, so you can 
visit our ticket link to order tickets online because we do timed ticketing. We do take walk-ups, but um, if you want a guaranteed time slot and you don't want to have to wait, you need to go to our Facebook page, which is Edge of Insanity Haunted Attraction, and we will have a link there for you to purchase tickets. You can also find us on Instagram at Edge of Insanity Haunt and even on TikTok at Edge of Insanity Haunt. And we are happy to answer any questions if you message any of those pages. Um, but most of our information is posted on our Facebook page. And when is your final day of the season? We are open every Friday and Saturday in October. So our very final day will be Saturday, October 28th. So once again, folks, look for Edge of Insanity on all the social medias. Uh, Cliff, how about Hacker House? Where can people get information, tickets, and your final day? And uh, also, if you're doing the Krampus event, tell us about that. Our uh, website is hackerhouse.com. We're on Facebook at thehackerhouse.com. So uh, both of those will have the latest information and access to getting the ticket. We're going to be open every Friday and Saturday night in October, uh, not Halloween this year. We're going to have our own party, but uh, just those days. So it's uh, four weekends, every Friday and Saturday night in October. Uh, Krampus is December 8th and 9th. I had to look it up. Uh, that's a, a charity event we do to raise money for the local food bank. We have a lot of fun doing that. Uh, those who may not be familiar with Krampus, He's the guy that does the switches and the coal. So we have a lot of fun with coal and switches. Needed to imagine. Oh my. And it's 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 almost a blackout show, so they have to creep their way along. It's a lot of fun. Sounds like it. Yeah. Uh Tammy and Walt, I forgot to ask, are you doing anything off season or is this it? This is no it. Christmas. Okay, no Christmas event or anything. Okay. And Brandy, tell us how people can get more information about the Expelled tickets, websites, social medias, and are you doing a Christmas or off-season event? Um, no, we don't do um, off-season events. Typically, we do a Valentine's Day, but we're going to be out of the building by then. So, um, But you can find us at theexpelled.com. Uh, we also have a link to order tickets there if you don't want to hit the box office. But Facebook is probably the best way to get any information. It'll all be um, in real time information um, and Instagram as well. We are uh, found at the expelled on Facebook and the expelled Arkansas on Instagram. Um, our tickets are 20 bucks and it's kind of across the board. So um, we are open every Friday and Saturday through October Halloween night and then our unleashed event will be November the 4th um, from 7 to midnight and then our regular main events are from 7 to 11 we sell our last ticket at 11 well ladies and gentlemen it has been a a somewhat bittersweet round table talking about some haunts that will not be here next year but again as I try to say on almost every show get out there and support your local haunts especially these three because after this year, you probably won't see them again, at least not in this fashion. You might see some recognizable props at other haunts that they may sell to. But if you want a chance to go see these, go see them because they are going to be really, really good this year. 
We want to thank our very special guest, Brandy Solarzano with the Expelled Haunted House in Huntsville, Arkansas, Cliff Martin with Hacker House in Pilot Mountain, North Carolina, Tammy and Walt Ingram and Brittany with Edge of Insanity in Kokomo, Indiana, as well as our regular co-hosts, including Storm. Um, you know, everybody sounds like they got a really great plan and a good way to finish up. So the best of success for this season. Hope everything goes nice and smooth so you can, you know, head off onto the sunset and uh, hopefully see you around. Stay in the industry. That's that's the one thing I've seen with haunts that, that you know, will sometimes drive me nuts. You know, one of the biggest assets all of you have is the experience you have with the years of this. So, you know, don't be afraid to, you know, stick a toe in back into industry every once in a while because that's a big asset and uh you know that, that'll help things going and you won't find yourself in three years trying to build a hayride in your backyard also would like to thank meat hook jim uh you know i gotta thank all of you for the time you've put into the business it's a great business and uh I'm, you know whatever the circumstances I, I wish you all the best in the future and like uh, storm said stay in the business also would like to thank Jana, the old crone, with her insights. Well, basically, they're just going to continue to haunt us. My name is Drew Badger, and I believe it was somebody very wise that once said, don't be sad because it's over. Be happy that it happened. I can't remember who actually said that, but it is a very nice sentiment given the topic. You are listening to the Roundtable of Terror here on... The Big Scary Show. Listeners, and welcome. Watch out, don't trip over that torso. It's time for Between the Corpses. Greetings, listeners. Meet Hook Jim here on this episode of Between the Corpses. We continue our journey down tortures and execution with the forerunners of the guillotine. The low thunder of the guillotine blade dropping was the last earthly sound heard by thousands of victims in France. 
contrary to popular belief, this cold, quick method of execution was pioneered elsewhere. Although Dr. Joseph Guillotin had lent his name to the plummeting sheet blade, it was probably invented in a simpler form by a Roman in the days of the empire. It is thought that such a device dispatched one of the apostles, former tax collector St. Matthew. Persians of the 10th century mimicked the contra contraption using a hefty mallet to send the blade on its way. In 1307, a similar machine executed Murkad Balag at Metton, Ireland. It appeared in Britain perhaps as early as 1286 in Halifax, where it was in use until 1654. Parish records from 1541 revealed that more than 50 people died before it was scrapped. Its blade, which resembles an axe head, has been preserved, however. It weighs 7 pounds 12 ounces, measures 12 inches in length, and was held off by a wedge or a pin. A description of the Halifax gibbet was published in 1587. The engine wherewith the execution is done is a square block of wood of the length of four and a half feet which doth right up and down in a slot between two pieces of timber that are framed and set upright of five yards in height. In the lower ending of the sliding block is a blade keyed or fastened into the wood which being drawn up into the frame is there fastened by a wooden pin. In the middle of the pin is a long rope fastened that cometh down among the people so that when the offender has made his confession and hath laid his neck over the base block, every man there doth either take hold of the rope or putteth forth his arm as near to the rope as he can in a token that he is willing to see justice done. Pulling out the pin in this manner, the block wherein the blade is fastened doth fall down with such a violence that even in, if the neck of the transgressor be as thick as a bull, it would still be cut asunder at a stroke and roll from the body by a huge distance. If the victim was convicted of Rustling sheep, the rope that obtained, that operated the blade, was attached to such an animal, and it was driven forward to release the pen. This was a typical meth, a typical medieval mo notion of justice. The last two victims of the Halifax gibbet were guilty of stealing two horses and thirty yards of cloth. James Douglas, Earl of Morton was so impressed with Halifax's guillotine that he commissioned one for use in Edinburgh, christened the Scottish Maiden. Built in 1564, the iron and steel blade held within a stout, a stout oak frame was weighted with lead, bringing it up to a hefty 75 pounds. Ironically, the Earl gained first-hand experience of the brutal efficiency of the maiden after he was accused of complicity in the murder of Darnley, husband of Mary, Queen of Scots. He laid before the maiden in 1581 and his severed head was displayed on a pike. 
The last victim of the Scottish Maiden was the Earl of Argyll, one of the Rye House plotters who tried to kill King Charles II and his brother James in 1683. It then stood unused for decades before it was dismantled in 1710. So, the forerunners of the guillotine. But however you look at it, somebody's losing their head. We will catch you on the next episode. Hi, this is Cliff from the Hacker House, and you're on the Big Scary Show. See the top double thrill, double chill motion picture program of the year. Curse of the Werewolf in color. The harrowing story of the legendary half-man, half-wolf. His evil beast blood demanded he kill, kill, kill. Plus, the shadow of the cat. A shocking adventure into murder and psychotic fear. Two terrifying hits together. Don't miss them. All right, this is Sahashimos again, and I'm here with David from the Ritual Haunted Attraction in Inglewood, Colorado. David, I know this is your second night. Um... How's it going so far? I mean, it's, it's hard to tell, obviously, since you just opened, but... Yeah, so, I mean, we're kind of early in the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, September 30th now? Yeah. So, I mean, we're doing good. People are here. People are it's happy. It's been a steady flow since we've been standing out here, yeah. so... So, I mean, if it's uh, signs of things to come, then the, and we're doing good. I, I, I chuckle at the fact that this used to be a restaurant. Yes. When you look when you, when you look at the history of some of some of these different haunted attractions and you find out what they used to be and what they are now, it's like, okay, well, <laughs> you know, this makes it work. Yeah. No. So we got lucky. Country Buffet was in there. Um, then there was a Dark Wars place mm-hmm. in there, and they actually went through and they renovated. Okay. So when we came in, it was three big empty rooms. There you go. So they got for us, now, it was easy. Did they get rid of all the kitchen stuff? All the there? kitchen was cut out. Oh, there you go. That makes it, that makes it easy. Yeah. Um, now, Brittany was saying that you, uh, both of you have been in the business for a while now. Actually. Yes. Yes. So I started over this way. The wind. Yeah. Yep. There we go. So I started out of high school. Uh, that would have been 2005. God, I feel old. <laughs> yeah, sorry. 86. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Yep. I'm, I'm still young. 38. <laughs> you still have air, bastard. Yep. Um. <laughs> um, but yeah, we started there. I started out as just a scare actor. And then little by little started helping around the haunt, and it slowly turned into, you know, more and more coming in, fixing things, building things, and then it, I was a part of their actual staff, mm-hmm. and then I started uh, running haunted houses for them, and then you know as they started getting out of it, we broke off to do our own. Now she was saying, Brittany was saying that you guys opened in 2019 and had to take a couple years off because. Uh, everything got pretty crazy yeah 19 was bad because of weather and then covid and she was saying the location was hard for people to find i we live in that area so we know exactly what you're talking about uh trying to find the damn vet in that area was a chaos and enough um so when you guys found this place and you got started when did you guys start your build season oh my goodness so last year uh was when we moved in Mm -hmm. We built this place, a team of like, a core team of three people built this in less than a month. Wow. We were here round the clock. Oh my God. Pretty much all day, every day. And we opened on time. I don't know how, <laughs> but we did. Um, the reason we, it, you know, took a month 
uh, we didn't get asked to move in until what uh, August mid August oh, God. I think it was maybe late August that's when we moved in that's when they said okay yes you can do it and you they still have nerves us. left over from building oh this my thing? gosh yes no it's okay <laughs> I would have uh, had a I would have had a seizure it was it was it was rough but it was worth it um, so we originally reached out to them and asked them hey can we move in there and they they weren't interested you know haunted houses they don't right they don't like us for some reason I don't know why um, but then we got a call and said hey you still interested and yep I mean we were on we were on vacation with family oh my and god I had my laptop and so I would wake up in the mornings do work on the laptop get things rolling and as soon as we came back it was just go time oh wow so then this year it was kind of nice because we got to take I don't know we started working in maybe July and we did all our changes we wanted to do added a ton of stuff you know changed out things that didn't work so well and you know brought in the new ideas so this year was a little bit more relaxed and laid back and more fun i guess if you we gotta can be call, more creative build, call you know getting the place ready in three months relaxing yeah. sure well we can go so we were able to keep it up uh which was awesome we got to you know but we still tore down i mean we changed out over a third of the haunt oh wow so we didn't mean to but i want it to be new and different for the people that come back every year take the areas that people liked and, and, and reinforce them mm-hmm. and, and embellish them more and then take the ones that well we could have done something different yep okay yep. do all the tweaks and we had time to be creative now does the ritual have a theme to it it does so we have a theme from start to finish you are uh you are welcomed in to the swamp by our front man okay. uh, he does not have a name he actually will tell you that he I doesn't a have a name. I see a challenge. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I if see you, a challenge. If you on can Facebook come up with you, a name, yeah, go for I it. I see a challenge for you guys to do on Facebook. But he actually saying, he actually says he does not have a name. So I don't know if we come up with a good one. We'll go with it. But we have yet to find a suitable name. Um, so you're welcome. Well, I mean, into the glowing this. skin and his clear complexion and everything. You know, <laughs> Fabio's already been taken. But. Fabio's already been taken. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, you're invited to the swamp to be a part of the ritual. Um, at the beginning, you see you're not really sure what's going on. Mm-hmm. And then you are a part of the ritual. And then you find out that the people inside don't have the best of intentions for you. And they want to feed you to the beast. Feed you to the beast. You're inside a inside a former buffet place, and yes. I see a theme. Yes, I we do see have a butcher. A we do have a butcher in there. We have a fridge full of goodies. There's some fresh uh, fresh carved skin in there. Nice. Yeah. Oh, cool. nice. All right. Yeah. Go, uh, what is that? Uh, Golden Corral. You're fucked. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, cool. <laughs> Golden Corral ain't got shit on you now. <laughs> We did have one guy one uh, last year. Uh, he was playing the butcher, and he uh, made a comment. He said, uh, "We serve it up like a country buffet." Oh dear! And actually, when he said that, I'm in the back and I heard it and I started laughing. But somebody in that group actually knew this as an old country oh, buffet, no. so they thought it was awesome too. So every now and again, you do hear a reference to a country buffet. I used to act at the Scaratorium in Columbus, Ohio, during the Midwest at, uh, during Midwest Hunters Convention. Okay. And I was a cannibal hillbilly. Yeah, okay. Fitting. Back when I had hair. And uh, I would be dancing around think, singing, I want chicken tonight. Okay. And if, I mean, you mean, I don't know if you remember that, but as older people do, um, um, you know, and I, I'd just be dancing around and, you know, said, oh, we got some finger food here tonight. 
but oh my god i'm <laughs> we have a girl back there that wants your fingers and toes so Ooh, yeah nice. I, I know nice okay cool yeah and i'll have to be on my best behavior and not go oh well you got some big root going for us over here you should she'll play along she'll be like she's what good. the hell no she'll play along doing? she's good <laughs> And well, then you have me who never said anything when I asked. We, uh, yeah, uh, we'll, we'll talk about that afterwards. But um, I know that we're starting to get busy. I'm going to let you get back to work. So if anybody's got information as to when uh, to get information on your haunt, where can they go to find out? Yeah, go to www.theritualhauntedhouse.com um, or any social medias under that name. Okay, and what is your schedule for the season? We are open every single night through November 4th. Okay, and what are the hours? Uh, Sunday through Thursday, we are 7 to 10. Friday and Saturday, 7 to midnight. And we do not close at midnight. We stop selling tickets at midnight. Okay. So if you, well, 10 and midnight. So if you come and get a ticket, you get to go through. All right. Cool. But, uh, David, thank you so much for taking time to talk to the Big Scary Show. And I'm, as I told Brittany, really looking forward to seeing what you guys do over the next few seasons yeah. and watch you guys grow. Of course. Thanks for coming out. Thank you. This thank is you. the Hans Ramellis for the Big Scary Show, and I am out. Gathering of Darkness, Souls of Black, on the Big Scary Show.
Hi, my name is Brad Wells from Legends of Fear at Fairview Tree Farm in Shelton, Connecticut, and you are listening to The Big Scary Show. Ohio Haunted House owners, actors, and enthusiasts, join the new Ohio Haunters Association. We are working with haunters across the state, from home to pro, to strengthen the Ohio haunt community. Open to all owners, actors, makeup artists, prop builders, designers, and Halloween paranormal enthusiasts. The Ohio Haunters Association, where haunting is the heart of it all. Look for us on Facebook. (laughs) It's time for Ask the Old Crone. The recent Roundtable of Terror topic regarding kids' events made me start thinking again about how frustrating it is for haunters when people bring little kids to what is obviously an event meant for adults or at least older kids. So here is the question I pose to you. How young is too young to go through a haunted attraction? I've seen six-year-olds go through like champs and a ten-year-old be escorted out the chicken door crying. There is several trains of thought about it's the parents' decision. They know what their kids can handle and it's not us staying up all night with a kid crying. Hey, we don't have to pay for the therapy bill, right? Then there's different opinions on how to handle young kids coming through a haunt. I've heard some say, I don't care how little they are, I'm still going to scare them. And then there's the other end of the spectrum saying, I refuse to scare kids. Either way, when there is a young kid or and I'm referring to little ones like six and younger, it's best to have a plan or standard practice on how to handle them. We have a rule in my haunt of no one under the age of six, but there's always the idiot parent who thinks it'd be fun to bring their four-year-old and tell them to lie and say they're six. Insert eye roll here. So we also have a second rule. No matter what, a child cannot be carried. Think about it, it's just not safe any way you look at it. A low-hanging prop could conk a kid on the head. Parents can lose their balance and drop the kid or fall with the kid. It's just not a good practice. So if a young child gets through, we still do a full-on scare. But as soon as that kid freaks out, they're offered the chicken out. Or they go the rest of the way with no scare. They're given that option. You can either be escorted out now or you go through the rest of the way with no scares. Either way, the adult who thought it'd be fun loses out on the experience. So next time, just get a babysitter, okay? Don't get me wrong. I love children. I have grandbabies. And I want my grandbabies to love haunted houses and not be traumatized by them at too young of an age and end up hating them. Regardless of your opinion on young kids, Communicate to your staff how to handle the little ones so everyone is on the same page. Until next time, don't forget to stir the cauldron. Enter the haunted world of Fright Find and discover an environment dedicated 
to promoting your haunt, targeting customers who will influence others on attending haunt attractions, as Fright Find brings in scream seekers looking for haunted places, events, and accommodations of every sort. Various exposure options give you the ability to reach your audience throughout the year. Don't be afraid. Go to FrightFind.com now to add your haunt for free and see for yourself the difference FrightFind will make in your haunt listing. It's his night to howl. Dracula's dog, the meanest vampire of them all, has a four-legged friend and he's out for blood. Crown International Pictures presents Dracula's dog. Whoops, there he goes again. There's more to the legend than meets the throat in Dracula's Dog. Rated R, under 17, not admitted without parent. More frighteners, and welcome to the second part of a very special edition of Device that is Haunted Vista. Oh, please, still have to make a dramatic entrance. Silence, Knave, when you have no drama in your soul. Kiss me, you fool. Knock it off. Just to be concurrent, in the first part of this, we discussed some of my influences, things that shaped my ideals towards home haunting, not to mention what probably affected a lot of my generation, plus some of the pitfalls of doing a haunted-themed attraction or display in an apartment complex, such as what happens when there's a rainy season. Oh, no! It's quicksand! <laughs> Sorry about your luck, honey. Anyway, in this section, we're going to take a chronological look at a 20-year career in home haunting, briefly going over each season and some of the major points, observations, and lessons we garnered from each try at the wheel we had. Now, without wishing to sound shamelessly self-promoting, take a garner over at our Blogspot page, The Vicer's Halloween Haunt Journal. In June 2015, I did a large photo-intensive piece on the first 10 years of our haunting career, and every November 4th with, I did an annual look at our haunt with lots of pictures and things like that. It's not essential to the enjoyment of this piece that I'm doing right now, but if you want a visual accompaniment to what I'm talking about, these are the things to look for. Dirty pool, old man. I like it. Just to put things in perspective, Lisa and I were married in November of 2001, so we kind of missed that Halloween. And 2002, we spent moving from our initial apartment to another one, but that's a whole can of worms of another color. Anyway, we can really say our first couple of years were pretty dismal. 2003, we just did something on our desktop and on our entertainment console, but we did have our first Halloween party, and we had a few bits and pieces floating around here and there. Nothing really to write home for, 
2004, but it was a beginning. 2004 was interesting as we had moved again to a much larger apartment and we had put a few bucks into what we were doing. Again, nothing spectacular. Though I will say our patio scene looked very, very nice. That was some of the best carved jack-o'-lanterns we ever had. And we started investing in animatronic props, really small things. Like um, if anybody remembers that Spirit had this mechanical spider that would crawl up and down a mechanized web. It was a cute little piece. A bunch of jack-o'-lanterns, quite a few black lights, etc., etc. You get the general gist of this. I also want to make note that in a neighboring community around our neighborhood, there was a huge house that did a fantastic job of a haunt of horror. I didn't make note of it on my blogspot page. That really, really took our breath away and inspired us in a big way. We saw the 2004 and the 2005 iteration of it, but unfortunately in 2005, a few kids took it upon themselves to jump over the fence and steal a bunch of their props, and they never did it again. Really sad. We are not amused. Okay, 2005 is where things really began to take shape for us. This is when we moved to where we are still currently living after 18 years. How much longer? Who knows? But this is where we started to establish ourselves as a haunting force to be reckoned with. Granted, our first year was not a heck of a lot. It was along the lines of 2003 and 2004 with a lot of jack-o'-lanterns, lights, and things like that. Plus, we were running around with a young couple who were about half of our age who we met at work, and they were wearing us out horribly. Plus, we had moved on October 1st that year, so getting organized re-establishing ourselves in a new place etc etc you get the general idea but it did put us where we are now and began a long trek of some really successful home haunts also worthy of note this is where we began to establish ourselves with the office management and the management of the apartment complex itself in as much as getting permissions and things like that to do what we're going to do granted we didn't put a cemetery scene out and use the lawns until 2012 but as our patio displays got more and more elaborate and we started to use more and more wallpapers and scene setters inside we always checked in and make sure nobody had an issue with it welcome to Right night. 2006 will always remain one of my personal favorites. This is the year we got a little financial backing from a friend of ours from our church who gave us a hundred bucks and told us to go bananas, which we did. We bought our first coffin. Granted, it was cardboard and didn't last the season. But things like glow-in-the-dark paint, extra lighting, etc., etc. This was also the year we went absolutely over the top with jack-o'-lanterns. I think we did like 12 of them that year, and it looked fantastic. The pictures are amazing. We also learned how to work with black lights, how to use black light reflective paint effectively. Believe me, that stuff is a little more touchy than you might think it is. And we also began a tradition in the living room called the Tabletop of Terror, where we just assembled a little scene over stuff that we had, like candles, monster models, etc. Very primitive, but at the same time, it was the start of something. This was also the year we started going out and handing out candy. When you live in an apartment complex, nobody comes around. I think a lot of people are aware of that. So what did we do? We went out and handed and had a ball. It was a lovely fall evening that season and it really started another tradition with us, but more on that later. Anyway, she designed a good landing, man. Wallpapers and looks. She even went so far as to decorate both bathrooms, which really turned out nicely, may I add. The patio was not that dissimilar to what we did the year before, except it was more just building up with what we had. It really didn't have a theme, but a lot of lights, color, and jack-o'-lanterns, basically the same thing. 
but with a slight twist here and there in terms of just grabbing stuff out of our goodie bags and just slapping them out there. It wasn't our best. It looked good in the dark, I must say that much. But as I said, it was a learning experience. And due to my wife's severance package, we were able to travel the country quite a bit and see all kinds of fantastic commercial haunts. This is where we really, really started to travel a lot. And despite the fact that she was a little sad about losing her position, we made the most of it. This was also the year when we went out to hand out trick-or-treats on Halloween night. We ran out of candy and had to run to the nearest speedway and reload. And boy, did we get raked over the coals in terms of prices. But onward okay all that taught me is that you're pathetic 2008 was quite the year my wife began her own house cleaning business to great success right out of the gate my father had to have triple bypass surgery a week after my birthday Hurricane Ike blew through here in mid-September on my wife's birthday, no less, and blew the power out for one full week. And this was also the year of the Dark Knight and Heath Ledger's amazing turn as the Joker. And sadly, who passed away early in the year before the film even hit the theaters. Like I said, a very odd year. But this is the year we discovered that glow-in-the-dark rules. This is where we really learned how to use fluorescent and glow-in-the-dark paints and made a cemetery scene. A very primitive one on the patio, but it looked fantastic at the end of the day. And the colors were amazing. We really hit something. Plus, we had some great backdrops over the patio sliding door windows. Something to see. That's the one you really want to check out. We were always proud of that one. It was very primitive. It didn't take long to put together, but sometimes the simple stuff comes off the best. You'll have to do better than that. And that we did. 2009 was a watershed year. This is where we took our first crack at building full-bodied figures. We did the big three, Dracula, Frankenstein, and the Wolfman. And through a combination of basically wood poles and pool noodles, we pulled it off to a large degree and it came off really, really well. Also, earlier in the season, we had a long trip to Chicago and picked up some really, really nice props. This is the point where our interior started to graduate to a much higher level as we got much more sophisticated with both just decorations, scene setters, and bits and pieces to add accents. Our tabletop of Terra really turned out nice this year, and unfortunately, this is also where I learned if you put stuff on the internet, other people will claim your work for their own. I saw several shots of what we had done that year on Halloween sites where people saying they had did it, and of course, I wasn't too thrilled about it, but alas, what can you really do about it? Things happen like that. Just be careful and watermark your work, otherwise other people will eat it up. Yeah. Real cute. Buoyed by our success and maybe just a teensy weensy bit high on ourselves in 2010, we attempted the mummy's tomb and really made a mess of it. It was very primitive, but we didn't take into account size, measurement, or anything. We just slapped it together. On the flip side, my wife and I were on the road a lot that year. Chicago, Illinois, Atlanta, Georgia, Pontiac, Mission, etc., etc. Traveled a lot, kept the roads hot, but we really didn't apply ourselves. The interior of our apartment looked fantastic. This was one of our better jobs where we did a Freddy vs. Jason theme in the hallway. And the front room and living room looked really spectacular. But as for the mummy's tomb itself, when people come up to you and go, It looks great! What is it? Timber! Kind of tough on the ego if you know what I mean. Regardless of that, 2011 turned into one of our favorite scenes and we learned a valuable lesson. 
plan and prepare and it turned out gorgeous this is the year we took on the theme of the headless horseman building our own horse no less out of pvc piping and vet wrap bandages dry lock and the whole thing this is also where we started to construct tombstones of our own to add them to the scene i think we still have the ichabod crane stone we built that year somewhere in all this junk but regardless of that this was one of our most notorious successes and really it was very hard to top that after that we had pushed the envelope really far and as i said preparation and planning is everything those lessons stuck with us to varying degrees sometimes we got a little sloppy but that's besides the point this is also the year i delved into the world of podcasts shortly after halloween itself and one of them i started to listen to on a consistent basis i end up working on the next year but that again is another story for another time there's no need for that 2011 also marked one of our biggest and most successful Halloween parties at our place with the theme of the second season premiere of The Walking Dead, and we had a room full of people for that thing. Also, we participated in our first zombie walk, and we learned a few things about makeup and technique from these people. But I must say, I was so shocked, because my wife ended up on the front page of a local newspaper. Check out my blog spot page if you want to see that thing. I did not see that coming at all, but she really had an outstanding look for her zombie. Clearly, you should never do this stuff without me. You end up with crap all over yourself. Takeaway from 2011, basically... Goodwill is your friend. We lived in those shops that summer, and we did quite well. For a fraction of the cost, we got a ton of goodies for our decorative purposes, and it came off very, very well. That's one thing you need to remember. You know, we're called dumpster divers, and that helps a lot too, but that's, <laughs> I'll just say, I'll leave that to the individual's discretion. Be careful what you grab. You may get some ugly surprises if you're not careful. Well, I did say this was going to be in two parts, right? Okay, I lied. You demented freak! So, bringing this to a conclusion, on the Halloween show, we'll have the third and final part of our look at our 20 years in home haunting. All the things we learned, and some of them very hard wrought. Believe me, we got it in the teeth more than a few times, and you're going to hear more about it next time around. Just a quick plug here. For those of you who are into checking out other people's home haunts, I highly recommend the app Fright Maps. It'll download neatly onto your phone and is an invaluable tour if you're looking for a place to check out. My wife and I are also listed on there. Imagine that. Ha, ha, ha. But for those of you who do enjoy this kind of thing, it's invaluable and it will save you a tremendous amount of time. And if you're looking for a road trip, this is something that will definitely help you find the best of the best of the best, sir. So, until next time, boys and ghouls, always remember Sven Gulli's credo and brush your fangs, comb your face, drink your milk before it clots, bite mama goodnight, and if you have a comment or a critique or a suggestion, drop me a line at erweister, V-Y-S-T-H-E-R, at woh.rr.com, and everyone enjoy the season. We will see you again soon. Happy hauntings all, and be safe. Until next time, ta-da. Hello, this is Carmen from the 13th Hour Haunted Trail in Coryton, Tennessee, with The Big Scary Show. Shadow Symphony.
Fairville Funeral Park on the Big Scary Show. up your show? Need to pump new life into old props? Just want to show something no one else has? Do what Alice Cooper, Distortions Unlimited, and A-list haunters all over the world do. Wear Von Karam. Durable, handcrafted, dependable, year after year. Von Karam. When you scare enough to wear the very best. Von Karam.com. V-O-N. C-H-A-R-O-N dot com. As we slide back into the swamp where we hid the body, we would like to thank the following sponsors. Screamline Studios. Creepy Collection. Dark Imaginings. Fright Finder. Haunt Pay. Von Caron Productions. And... VFX Creates. We'd also like to thank Virgil Franklin, Master of the Ether Muse. And we couldn't do this without the three hosts, including Badger, 
Haunt Consulting and more, rabidbadger.org. Meet Hook Jim. Check out his other podcast at wrestlehorror.com. And Storm, Rants and more, hauntminute.com. And finally, you, the listener. Without you, we are nothing. The Big Scary Show is copyright Big Scary Show, LLC, and no rebroadcast of this show may be made without express permission of the owners. All music used on The Big Scary Show is used with expressed permission of the artists themselves.